0: What's up, Lit and Lusa Podcast fans? Welcome back to the Lit and Lusa Podcast Show. This week we hit episode 26 with Ty Forto coming to you live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ty is the artist behind Cannabis Scapes, an Instagram account that has unique art landscapes made with weed. This week we're going to cover the unique Florida cannabis market and how big business is creeping in, why cannabis culture could shape the political landscape of the United States and how you can make the environment better through Ty's new movement, hashtag the Trash Art Challenge. So listen in, stay tuned, and check it out now.
1: Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording live in the Mile High and out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida today with Ty Forto from Scapes. What's up, Ty?
0: how's it going guys thanks for having me yeah absolutely man thanks for joining us
1: yeah thanks so much for being on the show we're super excited about this episode ty actually reached out to us online and said that he's been listening to our episodes so we always appreciate fans reaching out and we're excited to have you on the show
2: yeah for sure i think that um people really need to start listening to more of the podcasts that are out there and giving new cannabis content creators you know a listen and sharing that information because there's a lot of cool stuff in cannabis and i really like what you guys are doing so definitely needed to reach out
1: cool
0: For sure, yeah yeah for sure and anybody listening there uh, be sure you know mention at the end be sure to check out uh the instagram that he has the escapes
1: yeah cannabis so- scapes cannabis
0: like, scapes.
2: yeah like landscapes and cannabis and uh I kind of regret that name every day. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: first things first, um, learning a little bit more about Ty. um, He's an Instagram art sensation, uh, specializing in cannabis art. So check him out now, and then you'll have context for the rest of the show. But it's IG Cannabis Scapes. So check him out. He has like 10,000 followers and he just literally makes really dope photos out of cannabis. So really cool. Check that out. Um, He also has a background in the regulated industry. He's been working in the cannabis industry for about four years as well, has backgrounds um, going into trade shows and different um, aspects of business development out of Florida. So he also has a really good background on that. So we're going to touch base on his background and kind of why he started Cannabis Scapes and moved into um, this scene as well.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. And it's uh, definitely been an interesting journey that I did not see coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about that? How did it all start?
2: Okay, so if you haven't gone to the Instagram page, just I make pictures out of pot, landscapes, faces, logos, it, a lot of different things. Just move trees, little cannabis figures. Um, And just try to, uh, what it's evolved into is a way to reimagine the way that cannabis is viewed. And what I view it as is my way to change the conversation around cannabis and show it in a different way and make people think and perhaps, you know, alter some of the the negative perceptions that have surrounded the planet for so many years, which is ultimately like the last hurdle that we're fighting right now.
0: I would agree, yeah. And I think... Uh, that's what I first seen. And I think that it's something that that I seen it and it kind of like caught my eye because it wasn't something that was like super cannabisy, but it was a picture made with cannabis. Um, and so I totally agree that it, it totally, it changes the conversation to where it's not, you know, it's not your typical stoner art or something you'd see with stoner. It's a very thoughtful piece of art. Mm-hmm. Um, all your pieces, like they represent real things or real companies or real movements or something real, uh, but it has the cannabis aspect to it. So it really it really helps to drive that thought process and get it away from just a stoner stereotype and into kind of more of the mainstream of, hey, you know, this is everyday life now, and this is like some cool shit being put out with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, like you mentioned, I'm in South Florida, so I have a very you know, prohibitionist lens on, on everything, and we still have so much room to go, you know, even people thinking that Florida's medical program is something that, like, okay, everything is awesome now, but we still have a lot of work to do you know, with the industry across the board, and I see, you know, some of the pieces I make are taking a little bit of a political turn because I'm getting a reaction from it, and it's, you
1: know,
2: my way to put some of my opinions out there and challenge people to see what they have to say about it.
0: Yeah, so does Florida have uh, recreational marijuana as well, or just medical?
2: Just medical. It's it's pretty good on the qualifying conditions. We're getting more and more patients every day, more and more qualified physicians, Um, there's a limited amount of what are called medical marijuana treatment centers um, which are all vertically integrated large-scale businesses some of them are multi-state operators so you know it's it's big business taking on a medical market that's got a lot of qualifying conditions Um, but what we don't have is very much political support Um, Mm -hmm. our governor Rick Scott has been very very against uh, cannabis from you know his entire term um, but just recently, uh, Bill Nelson came out, He's our, our senator running for reelection, he came out supporting veterans for access, which is something that, you know, that's a national issue. But it's nice to see some homegrown support for that, um, especially because, you know, we have a ton of veterans down here and there's a very strong veteran community in the cannabis industry. Um, you know, a, a couple of different groups doing amazing things. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see it from that perspective.
0: Yeah, especially Florida. Florida has always been seen as the like the retirement community of, mm-hmm. of the United States. And we just did an episode, I think it was episode 23 with David Spitz. And we talked about how the elderly is actually one of the biggest uh, growing segments of the cannabis market. Uh, replacing. Uh, that's oh, that's really. one of
2: my favorite talking points. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, all the all the retirees up in Orlando area, you know, once they realize that they can you know, have a pill or eat a brownie or you know, play nine <laughs> holes, holes of golf have sex with their neighbor, sleep for 12 <laughs> hours, like, the pharmaceutical industry kind of crumbles really quickly. Right. Yeah. Like, and I mean, if the old people didn't care about kids with epilepsy or veterans or anything else, like, don't care about themselves. Exactly. So, yeah. cool. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. late than never. You're exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: and, I, and I, think I think they're coming around to it. And that's almost like the final key now is just to show them, hey, it's not this you know, this bad drug that everybody, you know, told them it was or that they grew up with, um, and now they're the fastest growing segment, so that that definitely says something's changing in, in America, that's for sure.
2: Well, it's, it's morbid, but ultimately, like, every day, cannabis prohibition loses supporters, whether they, you know, die or get, you know, converted, like, every day, mm-hmm. where they, they lose support, and we gain more support because people are turning 18, like, you're not winning an election this November being against cannabis.
0: Absolutely not. Right. Not at all.
2: Like, not anywhere.
0: <laughs> no, and I mean, I think that's probably going to be on a bunch of people's ballots, too, to, to just to get elected in the first place.
2: <laughs> right. did, did you see uh, did you see Willie Nelson, the thing about Willie Nelson coming out and doing a, a rally for Beto O'Rourke in Texas? No.
1: <laughs> in Texas? Jeez. In oh, Texas. Goodness.
2: So, like, some Willie Nelson fans are, like, upset about it. And it's like, what? dude, have you ever listened to him talk? <laughs> right. Do like you the, not know
0: the, what the he for? <laughs> Right. Yep. Do you not know he has a brand of cannabis. Right. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're more like, oh my God, Dato O'Rourke is a, a, a communist. I guess. I guess that's the argument they try to make. And like, oh my God, Willie! Like, I don't think Willie cares about like your racist ass. <laughs>
0: yeah, no joke. So let's, um, let's talk about um, your background in regulation. Um, you know, what was that like, kind of getting to see the first kind of regulation strapped onto the cannabis industry and kind of get to see it go from this, this black market object to a regulated system with softwares and compliance and all these other kind of government things being attached to it? It
2: was a trip. Like, that's the only way to describe it. It just... You know, we're, we're part of something and we're, we're living through the changes that are going to be like monumental for society to move forward. And we're, you know, the forebears of that. We're working through that, you know, like then you start looking back and being like, OK, what I thought I knew and what I thought we were a part of actually extends back so many years. And then to have, you know, I've, I've got I got to meet Ed, Ed Rosenthal in 2014. And didn't even realize how cool of a moment that was until like, I realized how much I didn't know and started really researching the industry. But seeing it in, in states as they come on board with strong medical cultures and then go to the, the recreational market, it's, it's interesting to see the, the culture, the, the actual people that created the industry, how they evolve mm-hmm. or how they, how they deal with the regulations. Um, And so from my perspective, it was always like they're either cannabis farmers that are trying to be businessmen and businesswomen or they're business operators who happen to get a license. Right. -hmm. And and watching that and, and seeing it over the years and seeing the level of operator change depending on how the regulations are put in has been very interesting, especially watching our new states come online and what kind of advantages do they give a uh, you know, multi-year grower and somebody from the culture side of the industry, or what kind of advantages do they give big business, just in terms of how many licenses, application fee, what assets you have to be able to prove. like it's it's been very interesting to see and then be able to see those markets a few years down the line and see how the customer or the the initial licensees are faring
0: like we're never
2: going to see anything like this
0: no No, not at all (laughs) and i I still think the main head's it's still down the road because right now i see two very distinct models and that's you have the west coast and the east coast model the west coast is pretty wide open where it's a lot of those cultural guys, those people who've been growing for 20 or 30 years have a direct chance and they just go up and the licenses are very affordable and they can come online. Um, the East Coast is where you have to have PhDs onto your applications. You have to have a minimum of a couple million in the bank and property already secured. Uh, meaning that a lot of these cultural guys, the people from you know, the, the grassroots organizations, things like that, and, and the ground floor movements, don't even get a chance to have a business in the regulated market. And I think at some point, too, that that's going to have to come to a head as the United States heads towards the national legalization, because there's two very distinct models. It's basically like the pharmaceutical, overly regulated market model and the uh, kind of the open market capitalist model on the West Coast.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the culture versus the capital.
0: Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. That's for sure. And Florida was kind of the first one down in, in the East Coast to really put some tough regulations on on operators too and I think it's kind of Florida that set the standard for the whole kind of eastern seaboard.
2: I think Florida is going to be a warning into how quickly big business can really grow because the businesses that are in Florida have done an incredible job of going from zero industry to I mean, if you came down here and saw the facilities and just the operations and the level of growth, I mean, over 150,000 patients right now, and that's growing every day. Um, Like, it's really impressive. At the same time, there's only 13. With a lot of uh, dispensary locations, not dispensary locations, but facilities where they talk to patients about it. It's all delivery. So even that compared to, like, Illinois, that's got 60-odd cultivators, 120 dispensaries, and it's not vertically integrated. Like, just seeing the industry come around so fast without any of the opportunity to have the homegrown strains come back, because a lot of people left Florida, went to Colorado, California to really hone their craft, Mm -hmm. but they brought genetics, genetics with them. And they've been cultivating them and really, you know, dialing them in. And it would have been really cool to have a lot of uh, you know Florida genetics, or at least something that we could call our culturally our own, instead of just going straight to, you know, the high pharmaceutical
0: model. Yeah. yeah, very true. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, just for perspective, I know in the Colorado recreational market, there's over. And this is just the, the recreational market, not even the medical side. There's 700 and I think 90 cultivations and over 500 and something dispensaries now.
1: That's crazy.
0: So it's totally different than even Illinois and way different than even in Florida. Right. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, and then so you know I'm kind of sitting here wondering when they do open the doors for recreational, which is going to happen in 2020. Um, how, what, what's that going to look like? What are the ancillary licenses going to look like? Is it going to be like California, no. which is, you know, they have what, 13 different license types, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay with trying to create a good industry that provides a lot of infrastructure. With that infrastructure comes opportunity for a lot of people. Uh, but are we going to do something stupid, like put something like if you have a felony arrest for cannabis on your record, you can't be in the industry? Mm-hmm. Cause, you know if we do that like screw that that's that's so hard to vote for because it's it's cutting people out who
1: absolutely
2: deserve their shot right
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's becoming a big deal especially here too
2: yeah it really it's, is yeah there's it's, no easy solution you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be ugly you know thank yeah. god we're gonna have weed to smoke but like yeah, we gotta get through this mm-hmm.
0: yeah i know there's a group here in colorado that we just spoke to a couple weeks ago that's it's um, going to go to try to get that changed in Colorado because as it currently sits, if you have a felony drug possession charge or distribu- distribution, it, basically any kind of drug charge in your record, you cannot get a badge to work in the industry in Colorado. And I know in California they made it a point to, uh, to like allow the people who did have a charge to almost first right to licenses and, and to be able to operate in California mm-hmm. because they're trying to bring that culture back into it. Because they were punished so much, you know, before, obviously, through prohibition, that now they're trying to give them back that leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that needs to happen
2: 100%. I agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just the, the criminal justice aspect of it. It's giving priority from a licensing structure to, you know, minorities, to veterans, to, you know, different groups that haven't had a fair crack at all this business. Because we're still, you know... Until we open the dam on uh, the federal legalization, big business is still not dropping the hammer. Uh-uh. I mean, they're starting to, and they're starting to tap around. Big alcohol is definitely tapping around in Canada, mm-hmm. but, like, the big hammer that is there is not coming yet.
0: Yeah, oh, it's still creeping. Even <laughs> I mean, Scott's, Scott's miracle Grow is just, like, <laughs> hanging on the outskirts, already, like, taking tromps of the industry. and <laughs> Um, other companies, yeah, you mentioned, you know, uh, big tobacco, but really, you know, Constellation Brands with their investment in, uh, in, uh, what was it uh, Canopy Growth a couple weeks ago, and uh, there's a bunch more uh, Coors I believe just took a stake Coors. in some in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's
2: what we know about.
0: That's, that's not what, even yeah. what like
2: is being discussed and agreed upon, but like not officially signed yet because that would be illegal.
0: Oh, there's stuff. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely companies waiting. And I think it's, I mean, even once the, the tide starts shifting in the U.S. policy, uh, that's really where you're going to see it. Because, I mean, really, when you really look at it, the U.S. government is still really against cannabis. There's in no way, shape, or form are they doing anything to help cannabis companies. Um, so no. once all that starts changing is when you're going to start seeing, the, you know, the big companies roll in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going to go out on their deathbed because they're not going to give up the industrial prison complex they're mm. not going to give up oil they're not going to give up gas they're not going to give up wheat you know they all these things that hemp and cannabis can fix like right. they're just going to hold on to it with their old dead gray hands until they die and then we're going to erase your legacy yeah
0: they haven't even given up on tobacco yet <laughs> i just seen this morning they're trying to issue a ban on the new e-cigarettes and e-vapors um, and basically, after reading the article, it seemed like a total ploy to raise the stock of, for these tobacco companies back up, which I'm assuming is for the cronies in, white, in the White House. And, um, and so it's, it's, you know, there's still a huge tide that has to shift. We have to first recognize that oh, tobacco is bad for us, even though we've probably known this for many years. And two, cannabis is not bad for us. We still have to fundamentally get past those things. I wouldn't yeah. say we, I guess it's the, the government that's, that's over the top the of others? It.
2: Man, they they can hold on to that, or they can die addicted to opiates and in pain. Like, I'm fine the other way. I'd yeah. like it to be a lot sooner than later, but like, <laughs> as soon as as soon as they're gone, their legacy is done. As quick as we can, we're gonna plant hemp across this entire country.
0: Absolutely, for sure. It's
2: already started, and Mitch McConnell appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Trump just tweeted about the farm bill. You don't even know what that means.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The farm bill, is something. That's probably one of the best pieces of legislation that's, that's put in place right now that's going to pass, that I think is going to actually make a ripple in the industry. Um, it's essentially, and I don't know enough about it, you guys can definitely look it up, but it's basically opened up a door for, for CBD to have a place in the U.S. nationwide, uh, make cultivating and distributing it a lot, a lot easier.
2: And hemp from for textiles... Feed hemp, crete basically just it opens the door for farmers to start planting hemp or, you know, like filtering it into their current crops so that it regenerates the soil. You know all that magic shit that hemp does that they don't like us to talk about. Like we'll start doing that in mass, and it's going to be a whole bunch of young entrepreneurs, and we're you know we're gonna take over the economy really quickly.
0: Absolutely,
1: with with weed. Well, why don't you tell us about one of your favorite projects that you did with Cannabis Scapes?
2: Um, well, so the way that I got started into it was um, when I was out on the road with the real job. I'd meet all these cool cannabis entrepreneurs with these you know, incredible products and you know, things that just I really enjoyed using. Um, but the thing about cannabis is marketing is very difficult we don't have typical channels. We can't use, you know, Google AdWords, Facebook promotions. There's a lot of stuff about getting your Instagram account shut down. Like, so you got to be you know pretty c- clever with it. So I would just offer people like, give me your little trinket and I will make up some pictures with it. I'll share it to my audience. You share it to yours. Everybody gets a little bit of entertainment. Um, and you know, the, kind of the, uh, rising tide lifts all boats, which is, you know, in cannabis, we have the opportunity for everybody to win. So it's, you know, that's what it was. It was creating win-win relationships with other companies that had cool things and, you know, just trying to help each other, you know, just expose people to cool products. Um, And then after I did that for a while, I saw somebody who did a, a Wiz Khalifa face. So I wanted to try to do faces. And after a couple months worth of faces, I I posted a picture of a rapper, burner Mm -hmm. for his birthday. And that was the one that really, like, set it off and validated the whole thing and showed me that, like, okay, I can push this beyond, um, you know, product exchanges and trying to do the affiliate marketing thing. Like, I can actually try to attract, you know, big audiences with this and, you know. Through conversations with him, he invited me out to L.A. to recreate the picture, and that ended up being oh, the wow. album cover for his previous album. Oh, shit. And yeah, it was probably it. one of the coolest experiences of my life, just because you know I fly to L.A., I go to the studio, I've never met the guy, he's never met me. <laughs> we talked on the phone a few times, but he's like, whatever, I'm going to fly you out.
1: So cool. Uh,
2: it was. He was, was, you know, an incredibly genuine dude, and the the studios were like, Dr. Dre's recorded, Snoop's recorded, Eminem's recorded, and I'm like, bugging out, walking through, and looking at all these plaques on the wall, like, I'm this white kid from Ohio who works in Florida who's in the studio in LA about to make some weed art for this rapper. Okay, cool.
0: Let's be <laughs> <this. Right. laughs> <laughs> Life, life's crazy journeys, holy shit. <laughs>
2: yeah, and I mean, a, a quick aside, like, I didn't really get into cannabis until my late 20s, mid tw- mid to late 20s. I didn't really consume in college. It was only when I moved down here after uh, graduating from school in Ohio that I fell in with a, a really great group of friends, and they just introduced me to this kind of, you know, South Florida, we live a little looser, have a little bit more fun, let's smoke some weed. And you know that led me to really appreciating the plant, and then finding a way to get a job in the industry, and then so you know I've only really been smoking cannabis for a little over a decade now.
0: Wow. Yeah. so what so was, was it about cannabis that mm-hmm. was like this is a cool thing? Maybe I should keep doing this.
2: I mean everything about it, <laughs> just the. Where I've gotten to now is I feel like the world puts us in a position with like marketing and advertising. You got to do this. You got to buy that. You got to go here. You got to think this. You got to be on this team. Blah blah blah. Like we're not even running it. Even you know we're on caffeine. People are smoking cigarettes or taking pills and taking antidepressants or just taking Tylenol. Like people aren't doing people things right now. And so I kind of feel like weeded minimum like brings you back the level where you should be where you can like have a conversation with somebody without checking your phone 25 times yeah like when was the last time you were able to do that probably when you were smoking some weed right
1: totally absolutely i agree with that 100 percent. yeah that's what we use it for for yoga it just helps you bring yourself to the present moment way easier than not
2: so the other thing I really like about you know, some of the current trends in cannabis is that it's defined the stereotype. Like uh, I listened to your interview uh, with the, the Willpower Protein, and you know they're out there doing active things, define the stoner stereotype. There's this other guy named uh, Runnin High on Instagram, and he's like an ultra runner in Colorado at high altitude, like sponsored by cannabis companies. And, like, winning actual other events. And I think that's incredible that we're just, you know, it's cannabis people being out there doing active things, defying the stereotypes. And, like, instead of just talking about it, it's being about it. Because, you know, I think stoners know all too well that, like, we've all got a lot of ideas, but it's about acting on the idea, even a little bit. Like, just small actions can create big results over time. Like, But too many times it's... Passing a joint around, talking shit, and then nothing getting done. Mm-hmm. But you know, more and more cannabis con- consumers and enthusiasts is the way I look at it. Is uh, they're they're defying those stereotypes and they're creating successful endeavors while indulging in cannabis responsibly.
0: Absolutely. All right. a new punchline. Stop smoking weed. <laughs> and sit on your ass <laughs> That's <laughs> Don't smoke weed and do something <laughs> well you well, can do anything you know
2: like once you get past the whole like oh i'm stoned i can't do anything like oh, exactly. right once and you get past exactly. that
1: like lifestyle like, <laughs> it's like i can
2: get stoned to do everything like getting stoned and working out is my favorite thing to do like right. i focus in on so many different things like i enjoy it more like, get stoned go for a walk right right
0: Pretty much everything, yeah. I mean, it really does help, for sure. Like, I can even attest to it in many areas of my life. Uh, I go, I get stoned and go hiking. Um, that's always fun. Hiking is a pain in the ass. I mean, like, no pun intended, honestly. It's, but it's good to have cannabis because what it helps with is you're hiking, hiking for a couple of days or camping. You wake up the next day and you're not all sore from the day before. You're still kind of, like, loose and relaxed, and it's an anti-inflammatory. So, but you basically wake up the next day and just keep going. Man, like so
2: funny little interjection is I spent summers in college in Esses Park, Colorado as a fly <laughs> fishing guide, uh-huh. but never was into weed.
1: Oh shoot, like, you would have loved oh. it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like
2: I went to Boulder a bunch of times and what? I was just like, oh yeah, this is that, like Boulder's incredible, it's an amazing city, but I was always there and I never really fully appreciated like, oh I'm kind of in this like little slice of weed mecca in yeah. Colorado right, right. now. It's
0: That's funny how the, have turned, how the tides how the tides turn now Boulder is pretty strict on cannabis now in Colorado it's kind of funny how <laughs> back in the day it was like the place to be and now it's one of the stricter places in Colorado for cannabis but um, but yeah I mean really cannabis hiking uh, even goes back to like the yoga thing where you're up in the mountains and you smoke some some cannabis and it just opens your perspective because like you see the world differently and it, it makes you take time to really kind of look at the world and, and think about your place in the world and realize, how important you know what you do is but at the same point like how important a lot of things around you are too and to kind of look elsewhere and look outward and look inward at the same time it's mm-hmm. confusing but if you smoke you'll understand
1: <laughs>
2: well that, that's the ultimate fear of cannabis is like it takes you like you're running on that rat wheel you know chasing the cheese or whatever but like you take a step off and you like look around at all the other rats and you're like you guys look like idiots
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
2: right.
1: that. and like saying. maybe you get
2: back on just not like all the time hmm because you don't need like three cars like one car and you know a bicycle would suffice and probably do your bmi a decent change
0: right right or like the little things in life that happen that everybody gets upset about you come home maybe after a long day of work smoke a joint you're like wow traffic really wasn't that bad at least Mm -hmm. i'm home at least i'm chilling now everything's fine i got food on my table those are the things i think about when i smoke weed it's not like oh let me go you know kill some cats and run naked through the neighborhood it's not this paranoia stuff but it's uh it's like makes you appreciate life I feel like more and appreciate everybody's place
2: mm-hmm. yeah it really gives you perspective on things and like maybe some people are just too afraid of perspective
0: true yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah they're too afraid yeah from seeing themselves outside of what they think they are
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to get myself real perspective I could do more
1: right for sure yeah probably could yeah
2: yeah when you really think about like how much time you have or how much time you scroll
1: That's how much time you sit
2: there and convince yourself you're being productive flipping through your phone right like nah you're just playing that lottery to see red notifications
1: True, it's bad it's an addiction for
2: sure yeah it's we're programmed that way you know mm-hmm. they know it we know it too but we still do it
1: (laughs) we were even talking about this the other day we were trying to like watch a netflix and we like couldn't watch a movie because it was just like too long and too drawn out and we ended up watching something on youtube and it was like quick really quick like scrolling through a bunch of different things and it's because like our attention spans are so much different nowadays like we just like it's like more instant gratification and like, I'm and a
2: big fan of docu series because it's like halfway between a movie and a TV show. Right, it's got to be shorter. That's, That'll be nice. Yeah, like there's a great one on Netflix, uh, the hip hop, like Dude. the history of hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's four one-hour episodes. Like, yeah, it's mostly we listen to watch that.
1: Be shall. It's awesome. Be cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: The best ones short and to the point. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys. Well, I'm glad we all came together and, uh, you know, discussed like current world issues. That was fabulous. So thank you for that. Um, Kind of opening our eyes about your cannabis scapes. Everybody hopefully has checked them out by now. It's been like 35 minutes. You all already looked at your phone. We know you did. So make sure you follow Ty. Um, We have something special coming for you from Ty as well. So stay tuned for that.
0: For sure, man. Appreciate you having you on. Appreciate your perspective, and um, I really do hope people take it seriously and, and take this episode as like a kind of like a little push to to like take you know a step in the right direction, do something with what you're doing. Uh, I think that's exactly what Ty did here with with canvascapes, and um, it's like literally living proof that hey, if you have an idea, just go for it, and you know maybe ask some people around you for help, but just do it and don't look back. And you never know, you know, who you're gonna meet or uh, what experience you're gonna have from it.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and in that, in that you know, note right there, there's something else I was just messing around with the other day that I, I would really like to catch on. I don't, you know, the cannabis art is a lot of fun, but I've recently started picking up garbage on my morning walks, and, you know, I just decided to make a picture out of one. And I want to see, you know, what I'm going to call the trash art challenge. Okay. Collect a bag of trash from your area, make a picture with it, take a picture, upload it to Instagram, send it to me. I'll post it on my page. Um, but I've seen a lot dumber things go viral. And if people just start picking up a little bit of garbage together, like we, you know, I, I live in an area with a lot of water, and I see how much is in the ocean. Like we are always seeing how much, like, you know, turtles are dying. Fish are dying. Like, that impacts our local economy and stuff. Like, it's disgusting what's happening a few miles north with dead fish and manatees and sea turtles washing up. Like, it's outrageous. And it's not plastic, you know, necessarily with that, but it's, uh, you know, big sugar in agriculture. But it's still, like, we have an opportunity to do better. So it's trash art challenge. Collect some garbage, arrange it in a picture, or just take a picture of the bag, throw it away, but, you know. Send it to me at, at trashourchallenge, Hashtag it and, and pick up some garbage.
1: That's amazing. Love that. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, sure. That's great. We're we'll gonna, gonna do it. Sure. I'm We're gonna do <laughs> it. We been
2: yeah,
0: we just got yeah. challenged. <laughs> you're listening, and I know you are. You just got you challenged You got challenged too. as well.
1: <laughs> so what? Exactly. That's how many people are you gonna have? A thing?
0: Right. No, we will for sure. That's an epic challenge.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, that's something the world needs so
1: yeah along with that we know all of you stoners in colorado have a bunch of trash from your cannabis purchases all of your bottles and all the bags and everything like that so do something with that that's also on our list
0: for sure yeah and i i think there's a couple organizations that may collect them and if not don't be afraid in your community to, to start some type of collection bottle Container or, or program to get those collected because it is a lot of plastic that gets wasted. Someone's
2: going to figure something out with that. It has to happen. It like, has to. Make it some kind of kit for homeless people, like put toiletries in there. Like somebody's going to figure something out they're going to do a lot of good and make some money for themselves yeah,
0: with
2: it. Um, for sure. I also I want to give two shout outs and mention two people. One um, it's my friend Jose Bellin. He's the founder of Mission Zero. Um, Have you heard of Jose before? No. No, no. Okay, he's one of the five people suing Jeff Sessions in federal court over the schedule of cannabis. Um, He's a decorated army veteran, and Mission Zero is a group dedicated to ending the veteran suicide epidemic. Um, And they've been doing a series of events where they're working with uh, veterans and taking them to events, like uh, we did the Big Three in Miami, uh, Ice Cube's retired basketball, player league um brought down a couple of vets put them in a van had a great night out it was a lot of fun um was able to get some of the companies i've worked with to provide stuff for goodie bags so every veteran came away with like a bag of you know a, a pop pocket joint holder lighter charms toker pokers things like that like stuff that they really enjoyed using and they were able to get good feedback for the brands and um, so, Jose's a great guy doing stuff like that for veterans. He's got a golf tournament coming up, so South Florida people, you know, Mission Zero, reach out to them. Um, and then also, you know, I think one of the, uh, the women who moves in the shadows of this industry is Zoe Wilder, who we both happen to know, but she she never puts herself out there, but I want to give her an honor shout out because she does a lot of, she helps out a lot of people, especially cannabis brands. So, if you're looking for PR or just a friend in the industry, like, check her out
0: too
1: yeah she's no, for great.
0: real zoe is huge <laughs> we uh we went on like a little spree before the episode talking about her because she's just that real she's a real homie for sure um she's not selfish at all she's very selfless and that's huge um so please do find a way to reach out to her we'll try to probe some stuff or tag her and some and some stuff so you can find her but <clears throat> amazing human being first of all but an amazing cannabis connect as well so uh, always a pleasure zoe if you're listening Uh, We appreciate everything you've done for us and for Ty and and all of the guests we've had on. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. All right, you guys. Well, with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters.
0: This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with Yoohoo Creative and Design.
1: YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs.
0: You helping your company become who you need to be.
1: If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at, at gmail.com.